0: Let's, uh, let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're very grateful for your mercies to us. We're grateful for the chance to stand before you and make, please you. We'd ask that your son's teachings in this sections of the Gospels would be a benefit to that pursuit. In your son's name, amen. Well, we're in about three different passages out of three different Gospels. We have Matthew, John, and Luke. And the reason uh, is I was in a variety of conversations over the course of the last week, and two of these passages came up, unconnected to each other, unconnected to the idea that was ended up in my head. One was the phrase, get behind me, Satan. It's a powerful cliche, you know, like to use it on people every once in a while. Get behind me, Satan. And uh, I said, you know, we don't often think about that passage. It has entered the English world speaking world, and we use it a lot. Uh, as, a, as a concept but I said what does it mean to get behind him what's that mean you know get behind me uh, we know it's negative we know it's turning away from my own. <coughs> so when I was looking at the passage and I, I got sidetracked from you might say the immediate things that had drawn me there <coughs> the concept this morning that I wanted to uh get at is we who are religious and are desiring God's holiness if you're seven years old in Sunday school and the teacher asks you any question, what do you say? Any question? Jesus. Thank you. The answer is always Jesus. Why is the answer always Jesus? Well, not because that's correct. But because it always sounds pious to say Jesus. We have, as not fourth graders, but as adults, a collection of assumed pieties, assumed virtues that we step into our religious moments thinking because we are saying something that comes from our category called virtue. What's the, you know, you're... Well, how do you do this? I mean, you, you, you do this all sorts of ways. You know that that uh, Christian guy is not supposed to stand around going, she's hot. Right because that doesn't sound very virtuous, right I' would like her father's phone number that's uh, <laughs> uh a lot more virtuous, I guess so, in the in the world it's not so much i i, I don't want to confuse it with the idea of virtue signaling virtue signaling is when you're trying to say something everybody oh they're they're kind of woke they're kind of not racist they're they're, uh, they got that hashtag for the correct thing. We're not about that. We're talking about religious people who are trying to say something to Jesus so that they will be shown to be, yeah, I'm on board with you. I have encountered this a lot as a pastor just in conversations, clean, decent conversations with dear people who are going to glory with you, and they, they really didn't follow the sermon. Okay, No, I understand, it's my, probably my fault to a large degree, but and they start to say things that they hope will gain traction for the very virtue of the, the idea. Yeah, I really like what you said, Pastor. I think, I think the poor, I think we should be helping the poor. Why? Well, isn't that a good thing to say? Help the poor? I said a good thing, didn't I? It's like answering Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. Matthew 16, here at the top, I I threw that verse there. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter's great confession, and and Jesus goes, Right you are, Peter. And I'm going to call you Peter because this is so right. i give you the keys of the kingdom and gates of hell will not prevail. Peter's going, I gave the right answer. I said Jesus. The next paragraph. From that time, this is verse 21 of the same. How many verses later is that? Uh, do the math. Uh, six. Six verses later. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Okay, first off, when you give Jesus as an answer and you've been applauded, you get a little above your pay grade, you get a little bit Big for your britches. Tell you fine, now you are the counselor of the Messiah. It, it says so. He took him aside, grabbed him by the elbow. Peter's probably a little older than Jesus. And just a second, we got to we got to talk. I am the keys of the kingdom here. I, I think I know I know what I'm talking about. God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen to you. I said something gooder than you more good, better. Jesus said bad things. I said better things. I stood up for something that no one would doubt is the holier. No, Jesus, you shall not be killed. And he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh, heaven's to Betsy. That's where that comes from. Peter, not with a woman of ill repute on one arm and a bottle of smirnoff in the other coming up to Jesus going hey let's go get out let's go sin." he said no let's let's be virtuous let's be more virtuous than you let's be so virtuous that I'm going to correct you in your lack of adequate virtue Jesus we have a big problem in the world called religion where people, well, I said it was the last few weeks, we're going through Ephesians, and one of the key things I kept repeating is the Christian church is an attempt in many ways to build a religion that we will offer to God. We build it all sorts of different ways with different theologies and different liturgies. But we're offering our religion to God, and Christianity actually is Jesus Christ making a religion in you. He's not waiting for you to make him a religion. Because we'll come up with nonsense like this. Well, we've worked it all out. St. Peter, I know these things. I I know how to design a religion here. You don't kill the Messiah. You are a hindrance to me. And this is the passage, part of the passage that, as I went to it, looking it up, because I'd been in a conversation on it, you are a hindrance to me, for you're not on the side of God, but of men. This was related to me. The circumstance was really to be in very much a similar situation. Somebody who was being put upon by people, religious Christian people, who we'll spend the rest of our days in glory with, who is so caught up in their virtue, (coughs) they were destroying his life. In their pursuit of great virtue. Because they were not on the side of God. They were on the side in their mind, the category of virtue. They weren't the category of vice. We sometimes think that the world means vice. Well, it does some of the time. But those those are always easy to deal with. You get repentance for a vice-ridden, you know, publican and sinner. It's hard to get repentance from the kind of world that is virtue-oriented. And this part of men, this is his argument. Peter says, no, this shall never happen to you. Peter's standing up for a good thing. (coughs) Protect the Messiah from the feds. (coughs) And he says, you're not going to die. And the Lord says, you are Satan to me. You are an adversary of the things of God. That's what the name Satan means. Because you're taking the side of man. Too often in Christian discussion, Christian groups, we don't realize we brought an earthly virtue. Doesn't make it automatically wrong, but doesn't make it automatically right. Because sometimes when you hold it up to Jesus Christ, it's a different matter. We're not doing, Christianity is not the collected virtues of the ages, whoever thought something virtuous. It is the virtues of God. It is what God has said. Then Jesus told his disciples If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life or what shall a man give in return for his life for the son of man is come with his angels in the glory of his father and then he will repay every man for what he has done we uh, our virtues are self-rewarding They're not wrong thereby. Okay, it's not wrong to think of working hard and paying your bills and bringing home the bacon. It's not wrong to think. But it's not automatically, you might say, a a Trump virtue, uh, 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 not the president, but a Trumping virtue that takes away Christian sacrifice. Because those of us who are motivated to save our own lives you'll lose it. And if you lose your life for his sake, you save it. So something's different. We need to have Jesus inform our virtue claims because throughout the Gospels, because of this passage I was looking for other passages and it's not uh, uh, complete, but I got going with three passages where the Lord corrects his followers for some signal of virtue that he did not agree with. Okay? He will repay every man for what he has done. It matters to me whether I... What is motivating or what's informing my um, sense of virtue. We have... people who are that kind of virtuous do tend to want to lecture you into sharing their virtue uh, because you want to be sure that everybody agrees that your suggestion was the virtuous suggestion in the second passage John 12 six days before the Passover Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was whom Jesus had raised from the dead There they made him a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But Judas Iscariot, you'll recognize that name, one of his disciples, he who was to betray him, in case you didn't recognize that name, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii virtue signaling coming up, and given to the poor? (coughs) It's always the Judases that come up with this. (coughs) Jesus Christ, ethically correct, something's going on, right? Woman's in there anointing him with very, 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 very expensive perfume that's something she bought at Ross in that discount cabinet it's watered down by something and maybe a counterfeit but she went to wherever you buy real perfume, bought real perfume, worth 300 denarii, which is quite a bit of buck, I think and just pours it willy-nilly till the whole house stank with the stuff I was thinking about it this morning I said, you know, Jesus is probably by the, you know he probably still smelled of this stuff when he was on the cross i mean we're talking she empties a you know a quart jar on him and uh and that really is unnecessary i mean some of you are with judas on this bit well i know he has a bad reputation but a blind squirrel finds him not every once in a while And maybe Judas was right. In one of the other gospels of this situation, it doesn't tell you who was talking, but the disciple who responds to it, why this waste? Is the phrase, which I could hear out of any number of believers' mouths today. Why this waste? Because we know there is a pit outside of this town with noble signs in green that tell you that our earth will not be saved unless we recycle all sorts of stuff and be really concerned about turtles with plastic around their necks. (coughs) Why this waste? I want you to know. When I use an aerosol can, because sometimes you need to, in spite of the, you know, environment. I just hold it up in the air and spray it for about, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds. To make up for all of you who are trying to stop it from happening. just gonna waste some more. I can afford that joy. But what's interesting to me, why this waste? Don't you realize, the poor, the waste, Jesus, you complete morally abhorrent person. We, uh, this he said, verse six, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to take what was put into it. Jesus said, "Let her alone. Let her keep it for the day of my burial." The poor, you will always have with you. And this was the passage that sprang up in a discussion in the library We week ago with some friends. Because there's a lot of Christian socialism out there. What do we do for the poor? The poor being David, uh, was it Platt or Pratt? I mean, we read the book that he's come up with where he says, it's the gospel in helping the poor that... The two tasks of the church, the gospel and the poor. I don't have any problem with the poor. I don't have any problem with you helping them. But I'm a little leery about anybody, you know, telling me right up there with the gospel is helping the poor. Because Jesus goes, you know, it's the gospel and perfume for me, than the poor. I am greater. My honor someone's love for me, this woman's love for me as wasteful as it was is higher because you'll always have the poor with you it seems that she chose a higher ordinate good it wasn't that helping the poor isn't good but it's a kind of Argument that good deeds get into get into with you get into with other good deeds. People who have a good, I have a friend who is a uh, uh, abortion anti-abortion activist in Florida. He could not imagine how anyone in Christianity is about anything else with all of their time for the rest of days. Dear Christian, loves the Lord, going to glory with Him. But his good is the good. Have you ever met somebody helping the poor, stopping the sex trade? Blah, blah, blah. Is it the only thing? Is it the good that trumps all goods? There's a point when you begin to realize that our piety, when we were given the opportunity, when Jesus Christ was walking the earth, and we thought we'd be right there with the disciples. And you may have been. You may have been. But even his disciples, guys make the great confession, you are the Christ, son of the living God. I'm going to build my church on this. <coughs> Still get into arguments with Jesus about how good that Jesus was. Or was it? That his comments were ill-advised. Well, you say, Peter, he's, we know Peter, right? Peter has a reputation in church history of being that rash, sweaty fisherman who would do things like cut off servant's ears with a sword. Oh, calm down, Peter, you're such a laugh riot. You know, we we have to put Peter back in his place. And the second example was Judas, right? Judas, well, he's the villain, right? Darth Vader, I mean (laughs) he's so the third passage out of Luke. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. But while they were all marveling at everything he did, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. For the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was concealed from them that they should not perceive it. They were afraid to ask him about this saying, and an argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But when Jesus perceived the thought of their hearts, he took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. One of those, you know, the moral, the virtue of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you remember. He is God, the eternal God. Everything made by Jesus Christ, everything that was made. In him, the fullness of deity dwelt bodily. He is the source of all good. When he says to the Pharisees, Why do you call me good? There is none good but God. You smile to yourself and go snicker, snicker, snicker. They don't know. They called him good, then they were right. Because he is God. But all of your goodness, all your collected worldly goodness, all your popular goodness, you know the kind of goodness Christian churches get into because the non-Christian world has approved it. When the non-Christian world goes, oh no, oh you can care about that because we will call you good then. If you care for the poor, we will call you good. And the Christian go, thank Jesus. I finally get to be called good because I'm helping the poor. Help the poor because it's good. But don't select helping the poor because not Jesus, but the world calls you good. We have this. problem of many things Jesus says I, I, you know 2,000 years later I have a library in my house where young people come over and get into arguments with me about things and a lot of times it's over things Jesus what well, was about this you'll always have the poor with you that uh, caused an argument how much do we care for the poor What's the, what are the obligations He goes against so many standard applications of earthly wisdom and earthly virtue. And when we set aside Peter, well, he's a rash person. Of course, Judas, he's Darth Vader. In this passage, guess what? It's John, the disciple who Jesus loved. That guy. In all the paintings from the Renaissance. There are all these gruff guys. Beards, books, off. And John, always clean shaven, young, friendly, naive, but Jesus' is buddy. John says, John answered after Jesus goes, Okay, look, the kid, look at the kid. Welcome the child, you welcome me. Welcome me, you welcome the father. Because they were arguing over who was the greatest. John answered, Pastor, let me change the subject here for a moment. We saw a man casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him. Because he does not follow with us. I mean, that's such a, I mean, you ever had your kids do that where they dangle their righteousness in front of you? either to change the subject or to move it along to their own greatness because little Susie... Father, Susie uh, did some things earlier today that you told her not to do and I told her not to do them, too. Thank you. This is what it seems like. John is throwing out a virtuous... We told a guy we protected your brand... This guy was casting out demons in the name of Jesus Christ, and we said, You got to knock that off. We got copyright. Our lawyers will be talking to you. And um, you better not if you're not with us. And Jesus goes, Are you an idiot, John? But Jesus said to him, do not forbid him, for he that is not against you is for you. Okay, remember, Jesus is your God, John isn't your God, nor is group dynamics your God, that it would dictate the virtue of being exclusive. (coughs) Exclusivity is not a virtue in itself. When the days drew near for him to be received up, he set his faith to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But the people would not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, remember, John, fresh, young John, they said, Lord, do you want us to bid fire come down from heaven and consume them? Well, first John's over here going, You can't talk that way. You're not part of our group. Oh, yeah, you're an enemy of ours. I think we, uh, um, we need to blast you to Hades. Thank you very much. We got the power. We're going to, you want us to do that, Jesus? We'll do that for you. All oh, these guys are serving, I mean, they all claim Peter, Judas, James, and John. They're all trying to trot out a virtuous act in front of Jesus Christ. And these are circumstances you go, oh, no, that's not how I actually want it to be. And he turned and rebuked them. Now, the King James and and, and the NASB have an optional reading here from what's called the received text. Uh, You can take it for what what it's worth. It sounds pretty plausible. It says, he turned and rebuked them and he said, I have it over here on the side, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. That's why you don't understand that's not good, what you were just doing. You don't know what spirit you're speaking with. And too often, when we argue our pieties with Jesus, we are going to be better than He, whether it's by being uh, like, I think in some cases, Satan wanted to be more righteous than God. We uh, don't realize that righteousness does not rest on a social contract. Righteousness does not rest on you kind of feeling it's good, and in some cases so good on all, and making all sorts of mistakes. Because exclusivity is right in some cases, right? Wrong in others. But we need to know what spirit we are of because the Son of Man came not to destroy men's lives but to save them we need to know what we're about what is the source of our knowing good who is the voice that declares it to us what is his reason for doing it and when that passage comes in that's why I have right underneath it awe and bunnies too because that's it. sounds like unicorn farts and rainbows and children dancing on a hillside in the springtime. It's, it's, I didn't come to destroy, but to save. you guys are just, uh, you, you do know that the, the James and John are called um which means sons of thunder. That was Jesus' nickname for James and John. They, they would not shut up, I guess, in this regard. I have the option being the daughters of the diabetes. Um, Because other people think, well, if the sons of thunder are wrong, it's because he came to save. Not to hurt. Save. Not to hurt. No. You're just picking up another worldly virtue that you're going to run at Jesus and go, yeah, and we're all going to be about sweetness, whether it's St. Francis the sissy or, or St. James and John that are just difficult to get along with. <coughs> Why do I say that? Because the next paragraph says they went on to another village as they were going along the road a man said to them I will follow you wherever you go and Jesus said to him foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. And he said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. And as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those of my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. jesus christ is about himself being followed he is divine he is the agent who made heaven and earth the only agent eternal and he doesn't want someone dictating some schmuck of a jewish brothers james and john going hey i know what groupthink is supposed to be like let's destroy our enemies and he's looking at him like what are you out of your mind but it's not running off the other side of the cliff going oh let's all be let's all be really positive because he says no there's no housing guarantee in this there's no family leave in this and there's no politeness in this you want to put saying goodbye to your friends do you big boy that's that's what you're going to put in front of if you can't say goodbye to your friends you're not following me if you have to be able to bury your father? We are given those freedoms in most situations. But if Christ wants you to preach his kingdom, and you can't make it to your father's funeral, what's it going to be? Well, if it's Jesus Christ, if Jesus is always the answer. Going to be what Jesus Christ says is virtuous, because sometimes he says things that don't track with our diabetic uh, side of of virtue. Everything's too sweet for the human condition. And the other is the uh, the, the the rowdy, you know, masculine. We're going to do things for Jesus, and we're going to smack people around. It's going to be a uh, an aggressive. Christianity, or it's going to be a soft Christianity. How about just do it what the Lord told you? Shut the heck up. Do what he told you. And say, we're unworthy servants. We've only done that which was our duty. Think like him. Because everything else in our virtue, everything else in our virtue um, is us playing with notions we were picking up from someplace. Some for your conscience, some from your parenting, some from your nation and culture some from your sense of social ethic. (coughs) We need to search for the mind of Christ. He is our God. The American Jesus isn't our God. Jesus is our God. When you begin to realize how hard kneeling is, and then you begin to realize what kneeling means, it becomes harder. We sometimes collect a bunch of virtues we already agree with they're not necessarily evil but they're all virtues you already agree with the virtues that require no heavy lifting on your part and so you make your Christianity all about that subset of things you like we're really kind of into worship and you know helping the poor oh are you you annoy me if you're all about worship and helping the poor. And there's nothing wrong with worship. And there's nothing wrong with helping the poor. But somehow when they say it, it becomes wrong. It becomes so much like Judas. So much like stupid Peter. And so much like an out of control James and John. <laughs> Somebody posted something yesterday, the day before. Quoting three historic figures from church history. I agreed with all three of them. Not on everything they said, but the quotes they put up there, I agreed with well, them. Pretty smart quote. Look at that. Bottom of the picture said, Know your heretics. I agreed with all three of them. There are people who think that the task of virtue. It's not helping the poor, but keeping the church pure in orthodoxy. What does the Lord say? Are we the kind of Christians that follow Jesus Christ by his spirit? It's, it's, it's the written the passage that Mark read this morning. The written code kills. Is Jesus Christ in you shaping what Jesus Christ wants you to feel is virtuous? making you holy the way he wants you to be holy. Not submitting to an anti-worldly virtue or submitting a worldly virtue. We want the virtue of Jesus Christ. It's going to match some of the world's virtues. It's going to match some of the anti-world virtues. But we're going to be not arguing with our Lord. We're not going to be taking him aside and going, no, 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 no. You're not going to think this way. Or no, no, no. That was wasteful. We really got to be making sure we collect all of the extra. And they liked the passage where they collected all the scraps for the 5,000 being fed. And there were 12 baskets full. And the, the, you know, those A-type people got their own. Yes, and we collected them. And some woman is wasting perfume all over Jesus. And we're having a fit. You can't just give. You can't just be so filled with Jesus Christ's greatness that you wish you had 300 denarii so you could buy the dang ointment and waste it on him. Do you care at the level that Christ approves? Look at the things that he approved of in the passage. Where he corrected them and rebuked them and said, you don't know what spirit you're of, check your spirit because it should have said what I'm telling you. That honoring Christ is most important of all. So all of this is a matter of what we submit ourselves to, and don't become the kind of religion thinking that it's virtuous and called Christian, therefore it is a form of Christianity. Because Christ was busy Adjusting the virtuous followers of Jesus to not be so virtuous about how they were trying to arrange Christianity. Well, that is the end of the page. So I can make stuff up, go longer, but I won't. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're thankful. Keep us from being too virtuous. Correcting your ways with ours. Sometimes we feel so right, so holy, so pious. Make us followers of your Son. Guided by your Holy Spirit. That we would just be the good that you require of man. In your Son's name, amen.